The Weekly Shots Podcast with your hosts, The Shots, Randomness, Yo, Brian, The Brainchild. My whole thing in life, though, is you question everything. And Uncle Daddy. Yeah, that's me. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Weekly Shots Podcast, episode 21. 21, but we're down a guy. We are down a guy. Uncle Daddy is, he's doing some things. His old lady is about to go to school. She needs a little time. They've got to adjust their schedule, so we may be missing him for a little while. Other than that, we're going to make it. But the show is going on. There we go. It must go on. Must go on. And a little bit of talk about UFC 202. 202. Congratulations, Conor McGregor. I really think you lost, but that's my own personal professional medical opinion that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it was a close fight because you've got you've got the first two rounds where Conor knocked Nate Diaz on his ass. Uh-huh. And then from there on out, Nick freaking or Nate uh, rallied and he was able to kind of come back and just continue to fight and fight through it. And then I think first two rounds definitely go to Conor. Third round's controversial. Fourth and fifth definitely go to Nate. So it's all kind of how you score it. It's a freaking close fight, dude. That was a pretty rough fight for both of them, to be honest. You just look at both uh, the damage of both of them took. Oh, yeah. yeah. I won't lie to you. The first time I watched uh, Nate go down, I was like, no. Oh, yeah. I think even uh, Nate was surprised. He's like, yeah. oh, damn, this guy's got power. Yeah, he just damn near knocked me out. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. And Twice. Then, and then, you know, but then again, you watch Connor go down. Yeah. So, I don't know. Those well, two. I don't think Connor got knocked down at all ever in that fight. He got dazed though. He definitely got his clock cleaned a little bit. Okay. Uh, he got yeah. He got <laughs> rocked on his feet a few times, but knocked down. No, that was all Connor. So now they're talking about going back down to 155 and fighting there. That should be exciting. But the news is that Connor's next opponent is Eddie Alvarez for the 155 belt. Oh damn, he's trying to go up, huh? Yeah. So he fights at one. Connor fights at one forty-five normally, right? One forty-five, but that's a rough weight cut for him. So I think one fifty-five is better for him, and I have a feeling he's gonna smoke Eddie Alvarez. Damn, he's just gonna just tear him a new one real fast. I don't think that fight's gonna go past the second round. So it's basically all in the um, just how hungry he is. Oh yeah, and Connor's hungry, and I think 155 is a better weight class for him than 145. Hopefully, what he does, he just drops the bait 145 and goes up to freaking 155, stays there and dominates. I didn't see anything over. Nothing jumped out to me watching that fight that changed for Connor McGregor. You look at Nate Diaz; he kind of went a little faster in the beginning. The the, the roles just reversed for the mm-hmm. fighters. Yeah. Conor McGregor came out the first time, like he said, threw the kitchen sink at him, and he threw it back at me. Right? Yeah. So what did Conor do this fight? I'm just going to chill out. I'm going to yeah. run around. He ran around a lot. <laughs> he did run. He did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he bounced around the freaking court and was essentially like, yeah, yeah I'm just going to hang out. Well, I'm going to drop him a yeah. couple times, get some points on the board, and then yeah. win this match. Well, and then he fought smarter this time because he didn't like once in the first fight when he knocked Diaz down, he just went all in and just blew his whole load. And tried to just take him out immediately, and it didn't work out, and he was too tired. This mm-hmm. next, the second time they fought, much smarter Connor, much more controlled, picking his shots, controlling himself, keeping his pace, not trying to go in all in and wear himself out too much. 
Uh, he ran a lot, yeah. That that was kind of disappointing to see that. He probably yeah. should have lost that fight because that should have been a point taken away from him. Should have been a couple points taken away oh, from geez. him because he was running away from the battle. Oh, yeah. Even Nate yeah. was – then again, what do the Diaz boys do best? They yeah. announce what the fuck is wrong around them. Oh, yeah. But nobody yeah. listens for some no. odd reason. I don't know why. Because of where they're from, maybe? I don't know. Who knows? They're just like the heel of the UFC. And they do you see what I'm be. saying, though? Oh, yeah. That's kind of weird when you look at it that way. This dude – I don't know. I, I I just saw, I saw Nate Diaz do what he, Nate Diaz does best, and he fought all the way to the fucking end. Oh yeah, yeah. And he really did. Chin. He's got a chin like freaking steel. Loved watching him freaking showboating a little bit though. Well, he always does. He always does. So that Especially was good. Especially when he pulled the slap out a couple times. I saw that. I was actually <laughs> yeah. looking for it now. So oh yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm actually starting to like Nate Diaz so much I kind of want to watch him fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm yeah. so scared of looking into more of these fighters because then I'm going to start wanting to watch even more oh, of them. Oh, yeah. You start but, getting attached to their stories, who they are as people. Exactly. Almost all of these people, they, they come from rough backgrounds. They're pretty good. I mean, they're good people for the most part. There's really few just douchebags in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all likable guys. And uh, once you start getting to know their stories, uh, you get attached to them. You know, it's a lot different than a team sport where it's just like this amalgamation of people that really it doesn't have it has its stars, but it, you can't latch on to too much of an individual person there because they shift out so often. Yeah. And but, there's no camaraderie to it. Not camaraderie. There's camaraderie to team games. Yeah, yeah. It's a team sport. There's no um, individualism no, as yeah. much. Unless you're the fucking quarterback yeah. or the star running back. And in like there's team sports. There's only a couple positions that you can actually be noted. noted. And with team sports, it's like you can always look to the other guy and blame him, mm. you know, or blame this guy or blame that guy. But in UFC, there's only one person to blame if you lose yourself. Oh, man, I don't know. I can blame a lot of different things. You watch those fights, dude. Yeah. And you look at just how much they're preparing, how much oh, yeah. they weeks. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> this that's what I'm saying. That my original my original statement was I didn't notice much different about Conor McGregor other than a mental. Yeah. He did a big mental shift yeah. as far as not chasing him around the goddamn court. He actually went from chasing him around the court, throwing the kitchen sink at him, to running around the court, running away from him. <laughs> but if you look at it, he he's in his yeah. all of his media, he's been saying nothing but, I've organized my training, 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 organization, yeah. organization. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Talking about, you know, I'm breaking it down like we did last time, too. I'm working my ass off to get, you know, organized and all this stuff. Now it looks like you just watched a fucking goddamn couple videos and yeah. just said, yeah, that's obviously what I did wrong. I ran at him instead mm-hmm. of, you know, playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he went, he, I guess the first fight, it was in his head. Yeah. The second fight, he realized I got to redeem myself yeah. so I can go forward and take that 145. Belt. But it's just like 145 belt or 155? 155. 155. That's jumping 10 pounds. That's ten pounds. Yeah, but that's but one he weight jumped, class. How much? Above. Yeah, how much did he jump to fight Nate Diaz? But Nate Diaz isn't Nate Diaz isn't even a belt holder. No. So what does that tell you? Maybe he should stay right where he's at. It's a helicopter, it, ladies and gentlemen. If you hear that, the good. Uh, what I would say is styles make <clears throat> fights, and when you look at a person like uh, the Diaz brothers, who are in infinite cardio mm-hmm. and a hell of a chin, mm-hmm. and they can take a mean punch, so. That's probably the worst kind of a fight that you're going to take if you're going to move up a weight class or two. Mm. For for Connor, that's a bad matchup. So he is testing the waters. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he took the, one of the toughest there. dudes in that weight class mm-hmm. and fought them. And then he lost. He still had the balls 
to gather himself and go at it again to test himself as a martial artist and as a fighter. He wanted to test himself against one of the toughest dudes in the division. He did it, and he beat him the second time. That's one of the reasons why I love Conor McGregor. Mm. He's one of the few dudes who are doing that kind of stuff. The other guy that we saw, the only other guy that we know of that did stuff like that, BJ Penn, Mm -hmm. who would bounce around between weight classes to test himself as a fighter. Damn. Yeah. Well, once you're victorious on your level, then bounce to the next one. See if you can take that one. Yeah. Essentially, command and conquer. That's what command you're playing. Answer. Command yeah. and conquer. But the only problem is you got Dana White and two other guys. Well, no, not two other guys now, but you got Fox and Dana White saying yeah. who gets to move the pieces around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so there was talk. Kind of, there was talks of injuries like Nate was saying, you know, his rib was hurting and then Connor was saying his ankle was hurt and mm-hmm. it's like maybe that could play in there, but you know, there's no such thing as a healthy UFC fighter going into a fight. They always are banged up somehow because they train too damn hard. Yeah. But they kinda have to. So Yeah, that that brings up a good point. One of the most fit points in my life when probably when I was in the most goddamn pain from everything being broken. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you broke literally your body trying to get it fit. Yeah. You get it in good, but you know, looking good to the point to where you're in pain. Yeah, that's kind of wild the way we do yeah. that. Yeah, and then uh, the other fight on the card that was exciting as all heck was uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson and then Glover Texera, which I think Rumble Johnson might be the scariest guy in the UFC. One punch knockout on Glover Texera and knocked a tooth out of the dude. Damn. Yeah, that's a hard shot. Oh gosh, is that guy vicious? But it's like I said before, you know, you take that guy to the deep waters, you know, he doesn't usually last very long. He'll tap out. He'll, he'll, he'll break. <clears throat> so drop him below sea level. Yeah, just you take wanna, him. You want to beat him on the ground. Yeah, you want to take him to the ground, wrestle him, tire him out, take him into the, the third, fourth, fifth rounds, and uh, you'll see him just kind of break. But you've got to deal with that onslaught for the first two rounds. Mm. Good luck surviving that. Jesus, it's like a great a barrage. Oh, yeah, it's like a great white shark just coming after you, or in his case, a black shark. Um, <laughs> well, I don't even understand. That's kind of weird. Let's, but, uh, let's gloss over that one. We'll just slide right on it. Just slip and slide right over that black ice, apparently. But, uh, black ice, too. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> slide right through there. That dude said, in his case, a black shark. Wait, what? Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, that onslaught he can set on you. Oh, my gosh. He will just, the barrage and the power behind those punches. Oh, and the knees. So is he going to turn out to be another Brock Lesnar? No. Two year analysis. Oh no, he's not. No, he's not. That guy's never popped for PEDs. He's all natural. He's just a big dude. That's just what he is. Just he's a gigantor, huh? Yeah. He's one yeah. of those freaking well tall blacks. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. tall blacks. What is it? The tall whites, right? Yeah, tall whites is the alien race. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to make sure I yeah. justify why I said go. the tall yeah. blacks. Yeah, yeah. 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 wasn't talking about basketball. But yeah, I was actually going to go into the alien races and things. I looked into the reptilians and things, and, and, and I found a video of an actual of an interview with one of the reptilians, a female that I found online, called Lacerna, or Lacerna, I can't remember, because I decided to go into a different direction, because we ended up watching the Bourne movie, the new one that just came out, Jason Bourne. In it, there's it's the talk about the conspiracies perpetrated by the United States government against its own citizens. And yeah. in this case, it's like the Manhattan Project, I think is what it's called, where they're trying to brainwash somebody to the point where they will do whatever they're told. And <laughs> that Jason, sounds almost like MK Ultra to me. Yeah. And in Jason Bourne's case, he was, you know, we all know the storyline. He was brainwashed to go kill for the United States government Mm -hmm. until he wakes up one day. I started looking into, like, conspiracy theories and whistleblowers. Mm. 
and I found an entire list of whistleblowers on Wikipedia. And then I found another list of 179 whistleblowers and research people who've been knocked off and killed. Wow. Researching various things. And I started looking into one case that was one of the more prolific cases that got media attention. And it was by this guy, Danny Casalaro. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a, a freelance writer, and he got a lot of attention in the, in the early 90s for his investigation in a few different, basically, what could be consult, called conspiracy theories. Now, are these journalists, or are these just freelance journalists? He was. Or is he a mainstream journalist? Um, at the time, he was kind of a freelance journalist, and you know he would put his work out for whoever would take it. And he actually even got uh, hired on uh, to look into this case, and it was <clears throat> the Inslaw case. And for people who don't know what this is, okay. this was the case of a company called Inslaw, and they created this program called Promise, and that stands for Prosecutors Management Information System. This wow. program was designed to organize the paperwork generated by law enforcement and the courts. Mm-hmm. Really an awesome program. It can organize all the data, skim through it, and it could be really useful. Uh, well, the, you know, the, the government ended up taking interest in it mm-hmm. and stole it. The company. <laughs> Damn. And so Insaw got pissed about this, and then they started, there was like some litigation, and they got caught up. What ended up happening, though, is there was back doors built into this program. Okay. And the federal government was selling this program to other countries. And that's what they always do, though. Yeah. Jesus, every program that's created this back doors to, go ahead. Yeah, so they were, the United States government, once they stored the, stole the program, they built in back doors into it and then started selling it to other countries so that way they would be able to spy in on the doings of the governments. Oh, the, no. Just this crazy freaking thing. So there's a bunch of people interviewed in this this case, and um, a lot of them came out about it, and it was a, it was a pretty you know prolific case back in the 80s. And so he was investigating this case, and this kind of t- started tying in he found to uh, the Iran-Contra scandal, mm-hmm. it started tying into another conspiracy called October Surprise. What the fuck are these about, bro? <laughs> okay, October Surprise. And yeah, let's Iran- not gloss over that one, as yeah. in the famous words of Uncle Danny. Yeah, okay, so the Iran-Contra scandal is an incredibly famous uh, case where that actually went to litigation. People know of um, Oliver uh, North. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was about a weapons deal with terrorist groups in Iran, and it was kind of going sour, and the government was involved. Okay. And then the Iran-Contra scandal is just all of that. And then you have, um, gosh, I am not doing this enough justice. But host- That's cool, dude. Just gloss over it just a little. Okay. Just, you know, just shine a and, little light on it. That way you can kind of get a gist of what it is. And so, Iran was also holding hostages at this time. Okay. And so, this was a lot during Nixon's time period and going into Reagan's period where they were trying to get these hostages out, but Iran just didn't want to do it until there was a deal made with weapons. Okay. Well, the October surprise uh, portion of that is that Iran was withholding these hostages and they did not release them until the day of Ronald Reagan's election. (laughs) And so the conspiracy goes that Iran was told to hold the hostages to make Nixon's uh, whole entire administration look really bad. And then once Ronald Reagan got into office to release them because it would make him look freaking amazing. Yeah, and so the Bushes get pulled into this conspiracy as well. 
Of course. They have ties into it. Dude, the Bushes have got ties into every fucking conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. From the poor guy that just shoved the uh, spirit of destiny into the rib to freaking Jesus Christ. Yeah. You can find a bush in there. <laughs> <laughs> they had their fingers in that. And the Clintons kind of get pulled into this conspiracy as well. So you have all of these different groups, and this guy, Danny Casalaro, was researching this stuff. And during this time period, he was getting phone calls and death threats. Oh, God. To stop. Um, his maid even accidentally picked up the phone a couple of times and heard them. And so, but he, just being this dogged investigator, he wanted to get to the truth. He was going to figure this out. And um, so he is tying into all of these things. He needed some more information to kind of finally finalize it all. Mm -hmm. So he goes, um, let me go down here. So this guy isn't affiliated with the Clinton camp, or is he? No, no, he's just a journalist. Oh, my God. And he's just, damn. Wrong place at the wrong time? Yeah. Wrong place at the wrong time. Well, no. Well, he's looking at the wrong shit. He was kept looking at the wrong stuff. And so what he named this whole organization that he was finding Mm -hmm. that was kind of behind all of these different conspiracies, he called it the octopus. (laughs) Because they just had their hands, and it seemed like in everything. I mean, every little uh, thing that was going on. So um, on August 8th, August 9th, um, he was seen at a pizza hut over in, uh, in Virginia. That was the last time anybody really saw him. And let's see, what's the name of the hotel? That's what I'm trying to find here. Well, he was found dead in a hotel. Mm. And he was found by the maid there. And before this, uh, he told his family, like, look, I have no intentions of committing suicide. And if you find me dead, Mm -hmm. you'll know it was a hit of some kind. And uh, he was generally a really happy guy. So he had no reason to commit suicide. And he was on on top of one of the biggest cases of, 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 of his entire life. And they ended up finding him in his room with uh, 10 cuts into his wrist by a razor blade. Uh, 10 of them. Ten, yeah, 9 to 10. There was 3 or 4 wounds on his right wrist and 7 or 8 on his left. And the scene was so gruesome that housekeeper actually fainted when she found his body. There was just blood everywhere. Jesus. And this was a guy who was extremely squeamish of blood. He had aspirations of uh, becoming a doctor, but he just couldn't even find, couldn't get past his squeamishness of blood. And so, so, you, so you've got a guy that can't stand the friggin' sight of blood. That's yeah. just drives him batshit crazy. No no intentions of committing suicide at any point. But, so. brought, but brought himself to the point where he would cut all yeah. these cuts into his friggin' wrist, and, spray blood all over the damn place like he's... You and know, incredibly like, deep as well multiple times yeah so here's the thing though if you're cutting so deep where it starts cutting the tendons which is how deep some of these cuts were mm-hmm. how do you then go and cut the other wrist yeah if the tendons are cut you, you can't, can't grip the blade yeah you cannot grip the blade but guess what police ruled it a suicide oh man and then there was another investigation and it was then re-established that uh it was just a suicide the family's obviously convinced that it wasn't and he was about ready to pull this whole thing together and blow it wide open and put it onto the medium. And uh, he's not the only one who brought who came out. I found another conspiracy of this guy who actually blew the whistle on. He was a whistleblower. Yeah. Stephen P. Kruzewski. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came out that this one Southwood Psychiatric Hospital and Pfizer Incorporated were in links with AstraZeneca, three mm-hmm. different companies. Okay. They were busted because he became aware of inadequate care 
and the exploiting of state-committed mentally ill children through over-medication and physical and chemical restraints. Wow. These kids were just way over-drugged and kept heavily medicated and restrained just so these drug companies could... Continue testing on them. Continue to test on them, allegedly. Mm -hmm. And so he came out about it. And he ended up uh, getting fired from his job. He had death threats. I mean, it's just the gamut. He's actually still alive, okay, which is amazing. Good. Well, that's nice. One of them made it out. He <laughs> shut the fuck up, apparently. Yeah, he kept his mouth closed. And then most recently, I found the story for the Democratic National Convention. The whistleblower came out about how the entire election was rigged mm -hmm. against Bernie Sanders and for Hillary. Guess what? He's now dead. Oh, no. Yep, Seth Conrad Rich. So um, he's the one that blew the whole Bernie Sanders, Hillary yeah. Clinton. Oh, God, it seems that it's, it's amazing how everything you keep saying, you keep referencing Clintons. I just so happened to watch that documentary, Clinton Cash, today. Oh, really? Oh, man. Not the one that I was supposed to watch. That's a pretty that's a pretty good documentary, bro. But it's just like, it's over and over again. Um, you keep hearing their name. Not Bernie, just the Clintons. Clinton, Clinton, well, yeah, Clinton. and then they're up to like something like forty-seven, or in some cases, ninety people that are dead that are connected to the Clintons, allegedly, all throughout the internet. Is what Dude, it's saying. Dude, look at what they've been doing the past ten years. They've essentially what they've done is they have figured out how to. Oh man, they just turned they, they turned countries into pink stocks that you can just. Rev up, rev them up, rev them up, rev them up, then short the shit out of them. What do you as mean? As soon as people start buying the stock. No, essentially what it is, I mean, it, it, they've figured out how to take all these different companies, right? They, they, It's not the main company. It's uh -huh. a shell of a company, essentially, okay. just another little piece of a company. And then they ramp it up to the point to where, you know, they're, they're talking to advertising, the advertising or whatever build the value of the company up and as soon as people start buying into it it's a penny stock so it mm -hmm. costs pennies on the dollar to buy a share yeah so the people start buying them in the thousands and thousands and thousands and that money adds up over time to you know once they get whatever money they want out of it then they sell all their shares of it and then the company just goes completely belly up oh jeez that shit's legal bro it's, wow. it happens around us all the time I don't think it's legal but that's what I'm saying is the Clintons they figured out how to do that with the world Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People literally pay them money for Bill Clinton to come talk. That's the shell. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. ain't coming to talk. They're signing documents. They're getting paperwork. Deeds are being passed out. I don't know what the fuck they're doing behind the sheets. But <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm exaggerating here. But yeah, it seems like they're making some pretty goddamn significant deals for the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Look at Haiti. Was that a big ass earthquake that happened in Haiti? That's what they covered in one of the, you know, in the uh, yeah. episode. Okay. They were talking about how the Clinton Foundation, right? And how you, you can support the Clinton Foundation. They go around to help people where governments can't yeah. really help. <laughs> That's yeah. what it's essentially aimed at. Mm -hmm. Oh, but yeah, well, this company, it just happened to be a cell phone company or somebody that had something exclusive rights to something. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. they had the rights to it and then they end up winning the bid. Mm. to get billions of dollars just to allow the people to transfer money back and forth from a bank account. Yeah. So it was like, wait, what the fuck? You know yeah. what I'm saying? That was when, once I watched that, I was like, oh no. And then the Haiti, the Haiti, the Haiti's people are, they're getting pissed off because their country never got rebuilt, but billions of dollars have been dumped into it, but it's just been going to different people. Yeah. But the, but the difference is you've got 
that company is donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Clinton Foundation, hmm. right? So they're donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Clinton Foundation as Hillary Clinton's Secretary of State turns around and gives him the right. Yeah. Now, since you donated all this money to the Clinton Foundation, now you're going to get reap the billions of dollars. But how much is that guy paying them under the freaking sheets? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's the fucked up part about it is. There should have never been a Clinton Foundation and Hillary Clinton Secretary no. of State. That should have never happened. That should have been an automatic disqualifier. I'm so sorry, but you can't do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because you have too many ties to the world. So this is the thing. You hear me just say, due to the Clinton Foundation and the, this, just the fingers that they've got and everything, why in God's name, if it is not okay to be Secretary of State, why is it okay to be a president of the company and have that many ties to mm. different people? Yeah. It's insane yeah. when you think about the keys that we're about to hand over to somebody. Oh, to Hillary Clinton. She's Just going to win. hand the keys over yeah. to the world yeah. because they've got so many different people are paying into it. Whoever, let me tell you something, man. If mm. you've got a freaking oil business and it's going down, donate the rest of your money to the Clinton Foundation. Maybe they'll they'll notice. And they'll come down and save you. Yeah. They'll give you four or five states that only you can drill in. Yeah. Because you donated so much to the Clinton Foundation. Yeah. But now you got exclusive rights to all these different states. You're now a billionaire as well as them. Yeah. So there's there you're essentially it's you gotta pay to play. Yeah. Well that's how it is. Yeah. <sighs> it's just sad, the fact bro. that she's got that her that they've got that much pull now. Nobody should have that much pull on this earth, man. Well, I don't think anybody should ever have that much pull because then there's there is no democracy if everybody's if somebody's got that much pull. Well, the whole idea that of democracy, of the freedom to to choose your leaders and all that kind of stuff, it's an illusion of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, who is it? George Carlin explains it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a comedian, you know, blah blah blah. But what what he does is he takes the idea of this illusion of choice and lays it out really well. He's all, you know, you've got two political parties, but they're basically the same political party behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, three news stations, th- three to four news, different news stations, you know, and that's it. But they're basically the same news station behind closed doors when you start looking and you see how they're rip- repeating the same stories across each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want a bagel... Well, there's 25 different choices of bagels that you can get for your breakfast. It's it's this illusion of choice. Mm. You're allowed to choose in unimportant matters. But when it comes to truly the important matters, your choices are so limited and controlled, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's it's, it's silly. And Mm. if enough people can come to that conclusion and realize that and rise up against it, the system then the system will change. Otherwise, we will continue to deal with this problem in front of us. Mm-hmm. It's never going to go away because we allow it to continue. And then as soon as people start to take interest in these things, mm-hmm. then distractions are used to draw their attention away from it so they stop focusing on important issues. There you go. And they start focusing on unimportant issues. And then they use the celebrity jackpot to freaking snatch everybody off the important topics yeah. of the world. The actual decisions you need to give a fuck about. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The decisions that you need to care about, they mold that. They they mix all that in with all the celebrity bullshit that's going around. Yeah. 
But I can tell you right now, when someone, the government does something good, that shit's in your face. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? No celebrity information going on around it. Mm-mm. None. They no. want you to understand that government just did something very great. I mean, look at look at look what's happened in Louisiana here in the past couple. You know, in the past couple weeks, mm. what's going on in Louisiana? Flooding, bro. You didn't even oh, hear I read about, about it. I read a little bit about it. I mean, it wasn't like it's not on the news at all, dude. Whenever I was reading some of this stuff, I was talking to, uh, to Uncle Daddy about it, and he was like, "Oh my God, I have not heard anything about it." It's mm. because it's called a no-name storm, because it wasn't like a uh, tropical depression, tropical storm, or a hurricane. It was just a you know a, a storm. Mm. But the fucked up part about it is, is it just sat still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It didn't move. It just kept drawing in all the moisture and dumping it right back out over this really? one little spot. Yeah, it's kind of insane. The way, essentially, what they've said is, and I'm kind of jumping around here, is they said that it, there's a point zero zero one percent chance that it could ever happen again. AKA saying it's a thousand year storm. Oh wow. So there's a point zero zero one percent chance or point zero one percent chance. I can't remember exactly which one it is. Um, yeah, point. It's a point one percent chance, and and that's insane. A thousand year storm just happened to happen. Sandy just happened to happen, and then you know what I'm saying. All these yeah. other little five hundred year storms are starting to happen. Yeah, awful quick. Yeah, but then again, on a big enough sheet, on a big enough slate, it's gonna happen somewhere, right? Mm. I mean, think about that for a Possibly. second. I mean, there's people who think that uh, there's another conspiracy theory, and some people may have heard of it. It's uh, weather manipulation through do- uh, HARP, high altitude, uh, radio, something, blah, blah, blah. But, but they, they're looking for microwave waves from when the uh, universe was created, right? Yeah, but there's some people that think that, that it's used for weather manipulation. I don't I know if it's true. I mean, I wouldn't fucking doubt it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't yeah. doubt it. I, I mean, I, I don't mean, know. Maybe, maybe half the building manipulates weather, and the other half does what it actually fucking they say it does. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. but then again, if you want to get anything goddamn done in this damn world, you don't tell anybody about it. I've started to notice that. Yeah. That successful ass people, they probably don't fucking tell anybody about what they're about to do. Oh no. They just yeah, come out the freaking door. Yeah. Do it, surprise the shit out of everybody. Next thing you know, they're calling you a god, and well, yeah. you're rich as fuck. Privacy is the uh, the privilege of the el- the elite now, of the wealthy. Is an- it now? Anonymity. I think that's what it, I can't even. And then anonymity. But that's that's something for the wealthy now. I mean, uh, privacy is gone. It's completely gone. I think so. I mean, it, there's there's it's not even a question. Yeah. I mean, if you use Facebook. That's if true. if you're the friend of somebody who uses Facebook, <laughs> the friend of a friend, do you know this person? I get like fifteen of those every day. Yeah. Do you know this person? I'll look at it. I look at their picture, and I'm I'm sorry, I don't know you, and then I just ignore it. Yeah, because they'll, um, yeah. There's no way to hide anymore. There's no way to to control your your privacy. Well, I guess I mean if you literally shut your cell phone down, off, take the battery out throw it in the trash yeah and walk the fuck away throw your bank cards down everything down and you went into the goddamn woods people would know your past but they won't know what the fuck you're doing right yeah, now that's true. yeah you so like, that's the only way yeah. you could ever get your privacy back is to disband everything around you yeah but that's the big sheet that's been pulled over your eyes well there's actually a movement called the free man movement and you can look this up it's about people who have uh Revoked their citizenship of whatever it's—it's it's a movement within North America, so Canada and the United States. 
um, where they revoked their citizenship. They don't Mm -hmm. want it. They turned back in all of their paperwork, their social security number, and they lived together. And they found enough legal ease where they can drive a car and they, they... you know they can live in their homes and everything else and uh they built the homes themselves they live in these communities and they help each other out and they don't pay taxes they don't they don't have anything to do with the 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 government that they live in i'm guessing they're doing pretty good they're doing fine yeah no shit because they went all the way back down to the very basic structure of society yeah the community yeah you know what i'm saying the right around you the neighborhood the block and it and it started with a guy who was fishing in a stream uh, I can't remember if it was Canada or the United States, and he was just fishing to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a poor guy. He needs to eat. And and he got... Uh, the, the park ranger found him and tried to issue him a citation. He wasn't too happy about it and went to the court. And uh, he did his research and found out that uh, he can revoke his citizenship and just be a free man. Mm-hmm. 100% free of, of all government uh, anything. You know what's fucked up? There's more more outrage about people going to a goddamn bathroom, of which gender can go to a bathroom, than outrage of people that go homeless every day. Yeah, like uh, what about the U.S. military that's homeless and they need, you know, assistance and uh, counseling and mental illness assistance, and they're just homeless on the side of the road, not getting the help that they need after they serve their country. So where does that ta- what does that where does that put you? Where does it put you as a person and where does it put us as a society, in your opinion, on what it was actually happening around us? I mean, look at what's happening in Louisiana, dude. They've literally exceeded, like, feet of fucking rain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One, one day everything's perfectly fine. Next day this thing just parks itself right over them, dumps a fuck ton of water all over the place, floods it out. I mean, people have died. 13 deaths so far resulting yeah. from this flooding. Yeah. And these places are, you know, they're they're expecting sometimes some places two feet of freaking rain. They expect it, and that's already happened. But just the fact that all that's happened, what really is being done about it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Last time, it's. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, then yeah. again, all this outrage about people talking about the transgender movement. Oh, it's that's a distraction. We've said that on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. These things like that about the gender and the justice warrior movement and all these things it's a distraction from more important matters and uh one of those things that i think it shows us is that the to the government we don't matter Mm. you don't matter Mm -hmm. you're you're a a worker drone we're in self-imposed slavery these days because uh of materialism we want the nicer house the nicer car the nicer things and so we have to work at a job that we don't really care for don't like too much and then we're forced to be there, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week at a job that's not fulfilling. And then you're paying taxes to a government that, that does very little for its citizens. And then you get old and you retire and then there's no more retirement because uh, you spent all your time trying to provide for your family and then you die. <laughs> Damn. You know? That's a snapshot of everything. But That's a snapshot of people's lives, man. It is. You got to think about it, though. I mean, you ask the older people now, you know, what's your greatest regret? And I wonder what their greatest regret ever is. Oh, it's is. always they, they wish they spent most more case, time with their family. Yeah. And so what you have to do is among the drudgery of life and going to work every day, you have to find the moments of joy with your family and friends. You have to find it. You have to search for that little pearl of joy that's well, waiting for you. <clears throat> that's almost like... Um, essentially like 
there's people like right now that are searching for that joy. I think I think what is happening now is you got a the society is starting to shift. It really is. And look at it. It's a big shift is happening right now. I don't know if it's for the better, though. I don't know. You've got the cops are freaking starting to go freaking, you know, the cops are doing whatever they're doing. The people hate cops. you got the Black Lives Matter movement. You've got all these different movements that are happening within societies. And then you got parents getting pissed off that their kid that, okay, so th- this is one of the people that obviously haven't seen the light in a sense. This mm-hmm. to hear, hear me out on this one. Okay. Parents fuming over Pledge of Allegiance waiver. Now, this was a piece of paper that the school sent home with their kids that their parents had to sign that essentially said they, uh, if the parents signed this document that their kid didn't have to do the Pledge of Allegiance. What? Yeah. Basically, it's saying, we understand that you have rights as a parent and you can decide yay or nay on the Pledge of Allegiance. But at the same time, you look at it. I'm about to say a pretty big question here. It's a pretty big statement. Over the past couple things that I've seen, the Clinton cash, the, you know, what you're talking about right now, people getting snuffed or about to expose stuff that actually meant something to actually society, right? Mm, Yeah. All these different people that are getting killed, that are going out and trying to do all these different things, but you've got this one couple that just got, what? I can't believe I would even have to sign this. And it's on Fox News, obviously. Mm. But the fact that the parent, all this stuff is happening around them, they don't see it, right? But the Pledge of Allegiance, I was uh, my initial thought on this was, where the hell did it come in? You know what I'm saying? When did we actually start using the Pledge of Allegiance? Who created it? Was it a soldier on conquering land running to stab a flag into the mm. ground? Of, you know, this is America, and mm-hmm. I pledge allegiance to this flag. You know what I'm saying? Was, yeah. was it something like that? or No, it was just written by a person. You know what I'm saying? Just written yeah. by a person. And it's been altered three or four different freaking times. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's a form. To me now, what I'm saying, the question that I have for you is, Mm. is all of this not just one big form of MKUltra? Like mind controlled? Yeah. Think about Um, that. Yeah. You've got the Clintons that are, if you watch that Clinton cash, dude, you'll see. They're just bouncing around doing whatever the fuck they want. Well, But you've got the everyday little people like us. We have to abide by these goddamn laws. We have to yeah. abide by all these laws. We are the little slaves. We've got the invisible whip behind our backs running us all over the place. If not, we go to jail, right? Yeah. Think about that for a second. Is it not just a big-ass form of MK Ultra in a way? Well, a, f- a smart friend of mine, Robert Smith, he said, uh, everything is just nothing more than a form of marketing. Everything. A persuasion. Yeah, it's it's an attempt to get you to purchase something or follow a an idea set or or do something that you wouldn't normally want to do. Mm -hmm. And that's everything around us. And it can either be for the good or for the bad. And in most cases, it's not for our benefit. No, the problem is that humans have the ability to create the gray area. You know what I'm saying? Either either the idea is for the good or the yeah. idea is for the bad. The problem is being self-aware that we are, we can create gray areas. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, is that gray area beneficial more for you or beneficial for the people? Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is we've let society get into the point, the society has gotten to the point to where now that gray area, you don't have any control over that gray area anymore. We've left that up to people and how they see the gray area. Does that make sense in a way? I think I understand what you're getting to. Yeah. I'm kind of I, I, I'm trying to paint a little bit of a picture here, but 
if Hillary Clinton can just jump all over the goddamn place and do whatever she wants and no, but she's not going to go to jail. She's not even going to be arrested. She's, you know what I'm saying? She can do whatever she wants. She's at that level now where she's the one deciding where the gray area is now. Mm-hmm. But we've allowed that to happen by electing yeah. people into the positions to allow her to have that position. How do we get that back? I think what has to happen is people need to stop accepting the information that they're given as truth automatically. Uh, and I think people need to question things more. Yes. And, and people That's do need start. to question things more. But look at what happens to every single person that says anything remotely close that could possibly offend a Black Lives Matter movement person. Well, there's there's look that. at what happens with them. You want me to tell you who's defining the, the gray area now? Do you see what I'm saying? I thought each individual person had their own choice. If I say something and then I get persecuted for it, now I don't have. Now they are defining that gray area. That's why I keep saying the gray yeah. area. Who defines what this gray area that we're supposed to live in is? You said yeah. advertising. You know, we're all advertising to get everybody all over the damn place. So essentially, we're. I don't know. I just don't like the fact that Hillary Clinton can do what she's fucking doing and not goddamn go to jail. (laughs) That's all there is to it. I'm a little upset about that goddamn documentary. I'm trying to paint this goddamn picture that's obviously not coming out right. That's okay. But it's all right. Mozart didn't. Or not Mozart. (laughs) That's music. But either way, a famous painter didn't do it overnight, you fucks. (laughs) So either way, my first thought um, was Hillary Clinton can fuck off because she's getting away with a bunch of shit that nobody else can. So she's making the goddamn rules. Yeah. There's a, a sheriff, a black sheriff, who actually is very against the Black Lives Matter movement because, um, yeah, go look into him. I cannot remember his name. Jeez. Do you know who I'm talking about? I've never heard anything about Actually, you know what? No. If you watch any of Fox News, you probably know who that guy is. What is his name? Well, he's come out um, against it. But I don't know, dude. I mean, is all this stuff just, you know, the advertising from them? That's all politics is, is advertising that I'm going to give you what you think you want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When at the same time, all the people that they're slaving, all these people that are buying, buying equals slavery now. Here's That's the, a okay. hard way to look at it. But I found him. It's a Milwaukee County Sheriff, David Clark Jr. Um, he's very anti-Black Lives Matter because he sees all the problems with it and how it's not helping anything. And... Uh, yeah, he's a very outspoken man and uh, well-spoken as well. Mm-hmm. And I like a lot of the things that he has to say. But um, all these movements, Black Lives Matter and, and all these things, uh, it's all a distraction from the real things that are going on. And uh, the quicker we can come to the realization that these distractions are there, the mm-hmm. quicker we can find the truth. That I think... I don't know if we'll ever come to it. And that's kind of sad. You know, the sooner we realize that we're being manipulated and controlled and we're, we're basically nothing more than just slaves for the wealthy elite, mm-hmm. uh, the quicker we can start waking up and taking control of things. And that's what I hope would happen someday. But you have plenty of control. That's what the advertising is. That's what they're advertising. You have all the control. You can choose to go to McDonald's or Burger King. Yeah. You can choose what gas station to go to, yet you still have to have gas. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You gotta have the fucking gas. But now we give you the choice of which gas station to go for. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, do you get to choose how much the fuel is? Fuck no, you don't. Yeah. You don't have no choice in that. But they choose. You see what I'm saying? It's choking on choice, almost like what he said. Yeah. 
we I do agree. get to choose whatever the hell we want and that is yeah. kind of weird yeah all the way down to we can cross any border but you better pay those taxes and it's uh it's scary because if you really start digging in and trying to figure out what the truth is mm-hmm. and then if it's damaging to someone like we said earlier and then you try to take it public and it's damaging enough well you might end up dead so then you kind of have to ask your question am i willing to do that and uh that's a scary question because I'm all about trying to find the truth, but do I have my limits? Would I stop if I got to something that could potentially get me killed or my family hurt? I don't yeah. know. I probably would stop for their safety. And uh, who knows? We'll see. God, I don't know. If I ever got to that point where I had to make a decision about my family or a society, that's a bad day. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? That's just a bad fucking day. I don't know. Or so is it willful? Was it willful ignorance? Yeah, I think so. Or is that just that's when you literally can define yourself as willfully ignorant? Not yeah. even willfully ignorant because you're not ignorant to the point. Yeah, yeah, that's willful ignorance. You know something's fucked up around you, but you just choose to ignore it yeah. because it's working right now. It's working. Well, it's because uh, who was that I was talking to? Um, maybe it was you. But it's like I was talking <clears> to somebody. And was like most people, we're just trying to get by, man. We're just trying to put food on the table. We're trying to take care of our families, and we're trying to find to have find some time to have some fun on the side. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's your average person. And then you start seeing all this jacked up stuff going on around you, and you're just like, "Well, what am I supposed to do?" You know, you know, they they had that video up on CNN of that little boy in Syria after a bombing raid, and he's just sitting there stunned, and he's covered in dust and blood, mm-hmm. and you feel for that kid. But as an individual, you ask yourself, what am I going to do to stop this? How do I do anything to stop this from happening? The United States government is bombing the shit out of the world. You know, and hundreds of thousands of innocent civilians are being killed, uh, that are being caught in, in these wars. And they don't want to have anything to, to do with this. They just want to go to work. They obviously didn't know how to donate to the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> That might have been. That's all they got to do. Yeah. Donate to that. You no good blowing up. And uh, You know what I'm saying? We see all these conflicts going all over the world, and it's just like, we just want peace, man. I mean, you know? And, and I, I, you sit there, and you put yourself in the position of, say, somebody over in Syria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see your town being bombed, and, and you see, you know, your nephew's dead because of an American bomb, an American attack on Oh, my on God, I'd want to kill me, too. Yeah. You know, can you blame these people for being so angry at what the United States represents to them? And then uh, how they get fired up and they want to go join ISIS to fight back? They don't know what else to do. Dude, we're so fucked. <laughs> That's all there is to it. We're, we're creating, yeah. you know, uh, Trump says that Hillary or the Clintons and Obama are the, the founders of ISIS. Them... As a person, an individual, no. But the decisions in in many of the cases that were made yeah. have created these organizations. Wow. You know the 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 policies that have been chosen, the the wars that we've gone into, and, and the, yeah. you know, and, and the very select few people, the few elites, they get chosen. Yeah, you get to rebuild this country. Use all of your assets to rebuild the country. That's how that's how I look at it, bro. You know, you've got a leader. You've literally, you've got a leader of a city, you've got a governor, 
then you've got the state officials, and then you've got a country. You know what I'm saying? You got yeah. I forgot the county, but either way, <clears throat> all the way up to countries, and then you've got NATO, mm. and then somebody's gonna have to be ruling that bad yeah. boy too. Somebody's then, in charge ultimately of all of it, and you've got all this industry, and they get that. That's however many people, however much they can pay up to the highest person. You know what I'm saying? How much they can pay up, that's when you get that work. After yeah. we blow this country up, you get to rebuild it. And the other jacked up part, too, is who's getting sent to fight these wars for the United States? It's the middle class and the poor who are getting sent off because they don't really have any job options where they're at. They don't have a lot of options in their life, you know, because of circumstances that have happened to them, because of policies that have been made by the yeah. government, because of the lack of uh, focus on education, proper focus. And so the the middle class and the poor go off to fight the wars for who? The United States and its policies and its desire for world domination. And it sucks. This is supposed this is the greatest country on the planet. You come here, you can work your way up and you can make a life for yourself. But yeah. at the same time it's like it's sometimes I look at it and I'm just like saddened by by what this what I see the direction that this country is taking. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it literally feels sometimes that, you know, like in the Hunger Games, we're the capital, the United States. Yeah. And the rest of the world, yeah, there may be some nice parts, yeah. nice districts. Nicer districts, yeah. But ultimately, we're the capital, and there's a lot of places in the world that are getting jacked up because of our decisions. And I want, I, I hope that the next president that gets elected can find a way to calm things down over the world yeah. and start making a path towards peace because we're, we're headed in a very scary direction. We're, we're headed into a conflict with Russia and that's going to end up being a very bad conflict for the world. That is going to be a very bad conflict for everybody. Because Putin's not the kind of guy that's going <clears> to <throat> back down. And if yeah, we, he doesn't. He doesn't it, seem like that time. We keep poking that, that Russian bear it's eventually going to swipe. And <laughs> I don't know if Hillary is the person who could be standing there and able to take it. I pray for the country, and I hope things turn better. I love this country. You know, some people think, like, oh, I'm anti-United States because I criticize its decisions. <laughs> if your spouse criticizes you all the time, it doesn't mean your wife doesn't love you. Um, no, that just means she wants you to be better, the best. The best. Yeah, best. Be the country that this... We should be the country that we think it should be I think it the, I, you know honestly this is the fucked up part about it is man I think at ground level you still see people hold doors for people yeah you still see men that open doors for women you still see men that don't abandon their kids yeah. you still see at the bottom level there's still good people there's still some good people yeah there's still some shitty people in this world though. oh yeah there's a lot of shit. but there's still good people there's people worth saving you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. there uh, to, to me <clears throat> the higher up you go, the less feeling they have, man. Yeah, that's because it's like to it. You got even to want to be in charge of something. Exactly, like that. that's what I was going to say. Gotta yeah. have, you you don't want I don't know soulless. Well, it's like what kind of person wants to have power of that magnitude? You know that level of responsibility. You know, your most people wouldn't want a job like that and it's, it, the the greatest leaders are usually the reluctant leaders hmm. 
It's not the one who's raising his hand and saying, put me in that position. I want that job. Mm. That's usually not the best leader. And uh, that's. And I just think we, we don't have a very good decision between these two people. But uh, I still think it's fucked up because everything that goddamn Reed has been prepared for him anyway. Exactly. Their speeches are not their own. So Those honestly, words are not they're theirs. just political actors. Exactly. That's all they are. Oh, yeah. It, it, Fucking yeah. actors. Yeah. So, yeah, whenever I say that in my statement, that who, why would you even want to be that kind of a person? To, in all honesty, you're just saying, you're going to give me a shit ton of money just to make my name stupid later. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the money. I'll do this. I'll act like I've got a bunch of power. Probably lose half my fucking hair because I'm stressed out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? For a shit ton of money, and I'll be set up, and my family's family will be set up for the next couple generations. Yeah, and some of the things that are being talked about in in media is uh, North Korea is test firing missiles from submarines, nuclear missiles. I did read a, I did you read know? something on that today. I didn't read the whole article. I just saw the caption at it. it was It was a very <laughs> not a good caption apparently because no. I didn't click it. But either way, uh, that's but, scary. But they do that every year, every year, and you know, eventually they're going to make Korea headway and make something decent. And then that's when we're going to need to worry because that's a crazy ass son of a bitch in charge of that country. He is pretty wild. And he's got an entire country believing that we're the enemy. We're evil. And I mean, well, you know, in some cases we might be. Jesus, but, dude, you watch this freaking, that documentary I was watching whenever you showed up, um, America, and what was it, what would it be like if America wasn't here or something like that? Yeah. If it didn't exist? Jesus, it's not painting a great picture for America, just the existence of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's really not painting that great of a picture. But then again, if you look at everything that has happened in the past five years, ten years, everything that I thought was America is not that anymore. No. And it's Nothing, like... Nothing, when you take honest with you. When you take the, all the things we've just been talking about into consideration, and if there is truth to them, and if they... if there's weight there if, mm-hmm. it, if those are ideas that hold water like they say then maybe Trump's slogan of make America great again mm-hmm. has more meaning and makes more sense we are not turning this into a Trump uh, podcast either. no I promise you that guys I don't we I, may mention the closer it gets to it you may start seeing what I'm <laughs> believing but I'm not turning this podcast what people great. need to do I don't care who they vote for just get out and freaking vote just vote yeah. You know, I have said sometimes, you know, maybe if nobody votes at all, that'll make a, a statement. That's not a realistic. Yeah, some asshole is going to go out there and forget that yeah. nobody's voting today and he's going to vote. And it would be for Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> she would win yeah. by unanimous decision, one vote. Oh, she's going to win. I mean, I've already said that, and I, I think I'm pretty right on that. And, uh, yeah. Kind of crazy. So, what we got going on here again? Uh, Uncle Daddy, he should be back here in a little while. Yeah. He'll be back. We'll keep trucking along. <clears throat> DJ Piff has gave us a new uh, outro. It is called, drum roll, Need Weekend. Need the weekend. Yeah, we do. Need a weekend. I definitely listen to it. <clears throat> it's a little different than what he usually mixes up. Really? It was uh, usually, you know, he's got some mixtures of a bunch of random, not necessarily random stuff. I'm not saying that, but it's... This just a little more of the same thing, but just sounds a whole lot better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Makes sense, yeah. Not the same that he's already produced. It sounds completely different, but 
<clears throat> I listened to it earlier today, and I thought it was freaking awesome. I love his music. I'm pretty sure that after you guys get done listening to this podcast, go on over to uh, uh, Piff Lurks at, uh, was it Piff underscore Lurks SoundCloud.com? Yeah. yeah. yeah we, just, we, we've said it a billion times yeah. by now. And you just look at any freaking link on the website. It's going to have the DJ Piff's link on there. Click on that. Take a look at his new track. He hooked it up for us. You get a little teaser for from us, and then we get to hook you up from here on out. Yeah. All right. Take us out, Piff Lurks. We'll see everybody next week. Boom. Boom.